I'm Kevin Lore, and you are listening to the Kothatsu Podcast. The Kothatsu Podcast explores the journey of native English speakers working and living in Japan. Guests on the show will explain their own experience as English teachers, culture shock, and lifestyle. Hopefully, this podcast becomes a guide to those who are interested in moving to Japan. But remember, everyone has their own experience. Join us on the Culture Tip Podcast, new episode. I just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast today, and I really appreciate it. So, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. And I just want to go in and kind of tell like the audience.、Um, when did you start at Jet, and how did you find out about it? Right. So、uh, I was at university in Manchester,、um, mm-hmm. studying economics, nothing to do with Japanese whatsoever. And a very good friend of mine was studying Japanese at the time, and he was always interested in going to Japan after graduating, but didn't know、yeah. how.、Um, probably like a lot of people. And、yeah. um, we had a careers fair every year. And I just happened to see the jet program desk there, and thought that looked interesting.、Mm-hmm. Talked to a couple of people who were there who were former jets. Took the pamphlet home,、um, and then yeah, my friend was like, "Oh, I'm really interested in applying for this." And I thought, you know, interesting to do something different. And、mm-hmm. in the UK, it's quite common to do something called a gap year in between、um, your A levels and university. I didn't do that, so I kind of thought、hmm, maybe I can do a gap year after I graduate from uni and do something like go to Japan for a year. So really,、okay. in my mind, it was only for a year,、um, but probably as we continue this podcast, you'll end up finding out that I stayed for eight years. But yeah, that's originally how、uh, I came to know about the Jet program. Like it's just not you, but like many other Jets have done that too, right? They plan to stay for a year, but then they extend it and probably stay even after their Jet terms as well, right? I think it happens to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, especially if you like where you, the area that you're based in, and you、yeah. know, you to make friends and have your own kind of life outside of teaching, definitely happens. I have no problem with my area right now. I think the only one thing is just、uh, it's kind of lonely sometimes out in、right. the Anaka area, where there's not much、uh, foreigners interaction. But、right. other than that, I'm able to navigate and still make some friends here and there. So. Mm. At the end of the day, it's a blessing in disguise, and I enjoyed it here. People are very nice, so、mm. um, very immersive with the community here as well. And、um, what about your placement? Where were you placed? At right, so、Japan? I was placed in Ishikawa Prefecture, which is、Ishikawa. on the coast of Japan, the Sea of Japan, so opposite coast from Tokyo.、Um, oh, okay, the, so on the other side, right? Yeah, yeah, on the、okay. on the west side of of Japan, like mainland、okay. Japan. Um. Are you? I mean, I'm. I'm guessing that you're in a quite a rural placement yourself, are you? If you、um, struggle to yes meet and other, yes and no. Yes and no, because、um, I'm about two hours away from Sapporo, but right,、okay. I'm. Yeah, my town is called、um, Higashikaguracho, so it's、uh-huh. right next to Asaikawa-shi.、Uh, so、right. it's like a, next to a bigger city. But then again,、um, compare Asaikawa to Sapporo. There's not much to do in either. Right. Place, so the, the、yeah. place that I was in as well was kind of like that was a town of about nine thousand people called Oshimizu.、Uh-huh. It's now called Atsushimizu-cho because it merged with the next town. 
car. Uh, but okay. I think I was probably closer to a bigger city, big city than you because I could get to Kanazawa City within 40 minutes, 40 to 45 minutes. And oh, Kanazawa is like the main city of um, mm-hmm. Ishikawa Prefecture. Lots and lots of jets placed there. There's a town next to us called Higashikawa, which they invest in so much more jets and CIRs and um, yeah. CEAs now. Yeah. It could be sometimes difficult, right? With just being um, one of the two or one. Of yeah, the so I, I certainly understand that feeling of, of loneliness. You know, Monday to Friday, I didn't really see any other foreigners at all. Actually, not, I yeah. didn't see so I was the only one in in the schools and the board of education that I was working at. And then it would get to Friday, and the other the other AOTs in the kind of immediate area we would kind of meet up, or I would just take the train down to Kanazawa City and stay with one of the other AOTs down there and not come back till Sunday. But I would say that was probably my at least the first three or four months. That's how I kind of mm. survived, I guess, living in a in a a country where I didn't speak the language and I didn't know anyone. I wish I had the same experience, but here I think Hokkaido, um, I feel like everyone is kind of spread apart uh, a little bit more yeah. wide. So um, there's not much meeting. And we came during the pandemic, so not a lot of events are happening, not a lot of people right. are meeting each other. Of course, it must be a completely yeah. different experience. Oh, definitely. So it's it's definitely different for those who have came during 2021 and or after 2021. So, mm. um completely different experience but i i want to know your experience of when you came here mm-hmm. um what was it what was japan like i went to japan it was 2003 one thing i really remember was getting the information about where i would be going and looking it up on the internet and finding nothing <laughs> so nothing about, there's it, nothing about was, Oshimizu, nothing about Ishikawa. Yeah. this was 2003 so there was internet there, there, there was internet but i think japan wasn't really known <laughs> as much yet on the internet as much as now with social media correct especially rural japan so yeah yeah you know, even google maps i think didn't have the towns written in romaji at all i think around that time people used google earth i remember using google, google earth. earth around yeah we relied heavily on my predecessor and she was the first one and mm. i think she only stayed one year maybe so I really rely, had to rely on everything from her but i i went in completely blind not expecting or not even having any idea what that place even looked like. And I'm from London, always lived in cities, went to university in Manchester. At the beginning, you'll kind of get thrown in, in Tokyo in the, um, the orientation. And it's fabulous, right? Like Tokyo, bright lights, big city. Things started kind of dawning on me that it wasn't going to be quite <laughs> like that when I got picked up from Komatsu Airport and get in a car. And then like, it's going to be about a two-hour drive. Well, okay. And Luckily, my predecessor was there to greet me as well. She she ended up leaving the next day, so that was that helped oh, okay. a lot. But I was in the car with my supervisor and and uh, my predecessor, and yeah, we start driving out further and further, less and less buildings, lots of rice fields, <laughs> and just kept thinking, where are we going? <laughs> like, where get to get to the place where I'm going to be living? It's a five five block apartment. Get up there, have a look out, and literally, I you know, there's a mountain, rice fields few houses uh, I wasn't I really wasn't prepared for it at all um yeah and they didn't really tell you that in the pamphlet like they gave you or no. the orientation they gave you right the thing they keep yeah. saying is everybody's situation is different I was like right right okay it, yeah <laughs> exactly they pushed that on a lot even now and I think that's one of the um motto I kind of borrow for this podcast as well like everybody's experience yeah. is different and it, even now it's there's still some bits of problems but uh, I, it's getting a little bit better but 
there's mm. some high schools or some schools are finally getting their first ALT and they still don't know what to do with them. So um, that's where sometimes it's kind of difficult to mm. navigate and just to tell everybody about, you know, yeah. Japan. And so, I yeah. think maybe their experiences with, uh, I mean, places that have had ALTs before, their experiences with the previous ALT can kind of influence how they interact with you as well. But in my case, I think yeah. I was super lucky because the girl before me was really really kind of positive engaging just loved by everyone and I think they had a really good experience with her being the first one as well mm. um so in a way kind of things were set up for me in in, in quite a positive way um just my expectations were like <laughs> I mean I, just... I totally understand yeah <laughs> I, I I would I like I think not just us but I think many jets come in here and thinking that we will be in some kind of futuristic city or, or this bustling city right but because we all we see on the media is metropolis city but um we tend to forget about the um the countryside where yeah um, there's not there's a lot of rice fields like you said and there's a lot of farms <laughs> and, i wonder yeah. now like do 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 jets nowadays have that same initial experience because i feel like now with youtube and well, i mean any other kind of even nhk world is a great uh a great source of you know looking at rural japan as well and a lot of programs on it so i feel like maybe people will be more prepared nowadays or do you think um, that's not the case i don't think that's the case because <laughs> like when you when i see things on on social media mm. um with the you know um what i see with the younger generation they they focus on a lot of pop culture um there's mm. only one place they know Tokyo that that is right. it and even when you say Tokyo Tokyo is not really just one city it's a bunch of other cities merged into one metropolis city or that's why they call it the 23 wards mm-hmm. so or or you people would know Osaka and Kyoto or people here in Japan they think of Kobe beef and that's all they can think <laughs> of right they never really know what um Hokkaido or Sapporo is right so yeah it's interesting nowadays it's still very almost kind of like the same because they're still okay. putting a lot of jets into the rural area where a lot of people don't really know these places but in mm. a good way some of these places are um, modernizing but then again um, it depends on the town if they want to invest into yeah. tourism or into interna- internationalization. So, I definitely think um, there's a lot more yeah. information available in English now than compared yeah. to, I mean, right. So it's 20 years, 20 years this year since I went. Oh on the yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. 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 It's been 20 years for you. And yeah. Um, and, and like speaking of like you know we're talking about nostalgic and memory which I just in the last episode I had with um you know Charlene um it was interesting because um we talk about certain nostalgic thing and for you do you have any nostalgic or things that you miss while you when you were here about jets specifically or oh about- jets or the time after you left um you know after anything that do you think kind of brought back to you see I think my situation is kind of maybe a little a little bit different from people who have been on jet and then gone back home and then mm. kind of not necessarily kept, you know, the connection or kept visiting. And in my case, I did jet for three years and I ended up working for an IT company there for another five years and then okay. came back to London and just a very quick introduction to who I am. But so now I work at the Japanese embassy in London as locally employed staff. Mm. So I work with diplomats that are sent here from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Um, and I work okay. in the the Japan 
um, co- uh, information and cultural center. So we do basically my my life every day, day to day is promoting Japan still. And I, 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 vis- I visit Japan every year, at least once a year if I can, but obviously mm-hmm. not with the last four years being with COVID mm-hmm. restrictions. I haven't been able to, but, but I certainly... Are you planning coming back? Yes, I'll, I'll be coming back in September this year. For, oh, I, I used to go uh, back for the local um, Matsuri in the village where I uh-huh. used to live. That's like my favorite thing in the world. So, yeah, yeah I can't leave that. Yeah, I, yeah no, there's some of the... It's very interesting how Japan has certain... Like, every town has their own different kind of Matsuri mm-hmm. festival. And um, some will just surprise you what they have. And some are just really great for, you know, for the family and the kids. And mm. um, I would go and sometimes see my students and they would just be appalled because they see me outside of school because yeah um they're like they know you're this foreigner but they didn't know that you're gonna be you part exist of outside the whole of school. yeah exactly they like no they they don't have a life outside of school <laughs> they, they only work right but it's very interesting and um mm. did you ever run into kids like within your your um your oh yeah definitely in? definitely so i think like this is my my main like nos- point of nostalgia for japan would definitely be the matsuri the festivals and i think especially if you live in um, the more rural areas those kind of events are like i mean they're a big deal in tokyo too for example like sanja matsuri or something like that but oh yeah i feel like in the rural areas that's that's really the only time every you see everyone together and you meet everyone and Mm. not just the kids from the school but their parents the grandparents and they're so proud of their local traditions and that feeling like really kind of rubbed off on me, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I joined Jet in the summer, like late late July. And the town that I lived in, uh, their festival is mid-September. So those kind of weeks before where I was adjusting and not really feeling like I fit in and not being able to communicate mm-hmm. with anyone, were then suddenly turned on its head at the festival when... I went out and like you said, all the kids are there and everyone's there and everyone knew who I was because you know, I'm the only foreigner yeah. that's in the village like to come to teach English. And it was it was incredible. I was like all of a sudden I was like, Oh wow, people actually wanna to talk to me or actually know who I am and not just that, but obviously the festivities and, and seeing those new traditions and stuff, well, new to me, was yeah. such an amazing experience that like that, you know, just really hit me. And then every year you know, I would look forward to that event. Yeah, same here. Like, I'm looking way more forward to the a lot of uh, Matsuri around me. I, I didn't go as much during, of course, the first year mm. here, COVID, so not yeah. much of a lot of festivals. But this year, there's a lot more. Um, looking forward to the t- um, I think my town has about two. One in, mm-hmm. I think, July coming up and one in August. So yeah. looking forward to that as well. Oh, yeah, you, sh- and, you should definitely get, get that. I mean, yeah. that's just that's just when you see i think community at its best you know <laughs> yeah open and proud of their traditions yeah. and like, wanting to share it with everyone and but, but like a lot of people still have scare of covid or still um you know right, so okay, there yeah. a lot of people still not going out as much but then again there are those who just want to go back to normal just like mm. everyone else so I think um it would definitely yeah. take time for it to get back to how it was before but i feel like this year is the year when now everyone's like right we're gonna try and do it properly again this year so. yeah yeah so hopefully and there's some stories that COVID is rising again so hopefully it yeah. doesn't write too much but 
Um, but I hope for the best for everything in the future for um, other festivals. Yeah, I mean, I would really recommend to like any of the any of the jets who are out there if you if you've particularly been struggling with you know living in a, a community where you don't really know or speak to anyone like that that will be the one key event that I think you can really get out there and you'll find that everyone is really willing to to share that yeah. experience with you. That's one of my uh, part that I think I was having problem was that um, I was been advised to kind of actually to get into something here while I'm here because for one thing um, in Hokkaido the storm or the snow is very mm. a big issue for me. So um, they someone advised me say that you know you should get into some kind of activities in this winter right. because if you just stay in that you kind of just become kind of depressed. And which they were right because um, my first white christmas here was um for me it was a bit depressing but then again um it was good because i had some uh friends who were already working in the town that were you know been living here for a while and i enjoyed it and they kind of showed me the ropes and this year i'm trying to push myself out a little bit more since everything is opening back up so um the other thing like i would say to people is that if you have a particular hobby from mm-hmm. your well, not your past but like from before you yeah. went to japan don't think that you can't find that same thing somewhere even if you're living in a rural area um because for me that's mainly why i ended up staying so long was to do with my interests and my hobbies not to say that i didn't necessarily enjoy teaching english but that wasn't my driving force of why i wanted to mm. continue living in japan and i think especially the reason of staying from recontracting after the first year was that in my local town, for some reason, they were really into this dance called Yosakoi Soran. And if you're in Hokkaido, uh-huh. you might have like seen Yosakoi Soran. I mean, originally Yosakoi is from Kochi Prefecture, but Yosakoi uh-huh. Soran is like the Hokkaido version of it, right? Oh, and okay. um, one of the, my students, she was like Shogako, like sixth grade, elementary school sixth grade and she was a really good dancer and her teachers were like oh you should you know she couldn't see her she's really really good and she's like oh yeah do you want to come to practice and I'd be like yeah yeah yeah, I'll come I'll come and you know it's that thing where you just keep saying you go you go go and then eventually I was like right I've really got to go now so I think it was around February uh like near the beginning of the year and I said okay I'll I'll pop in because it's just in the school hall in the evenings and I was expecting to just sit there and, you know, watch the practice. But the minute I walked in, they were like, right, okay, you stand here and do this. I still couldn't really speak Japanese very well at that point. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was just thrown in the deep end. And, they were, and then afterwards, they were like, right, so can we have your can we have your um, mobile phone email address? And then, you know, we got practice on Monday and Thursday, 8 o'clock, so you'll be here, right? And I was like, um, okay, <laughs> I guess. Right, okay, yeah, sure, okay. And somehow that's how I joined, like, one of the best teams in Ishikawa and then ended up competing in Sapporo, by the oh, way, wow. for the Matsuri. It's a big competition, dance competition, mm. the Yosukoi competition that takes place in Sapporo every year. So then, you know, just got completely immersed in this world. But that was also a really good way for me to um, engage with people in my community and, you know, kids and their parents, grandparents, everyone. And you start to build a place where you feel like you belong, mm. you know. Um and also, I just enjoyed it so much. I ended up yeah, doing that for three years. That's amazing because um, currently where I'm at now, where we don't really kind of have that. Um, I mean, it's still the kind of like Inakasai, but then with the big city next to us, um, it's still pretty big. But um, not much people has invited us to 
anything. Even we had like the Indokai the other day or mm. the sports festival, right? Um, right? The school doesn't invite us out or they no. don't request for AOTs out. And no. I'm a little bit shocked because, um, you know, I wish to be immersive with the kids or, or, or immersive yeah. with the, the community, right? But um, yeah, there is no request. I'm like, okay, uh, I, I really want to support them. So I just mm-hmm. kind of showed up and just say hello to everyone. I so, think that's nice because if, yeah. if you knew about it, because a lot of the times I didn't really know what was happening with the school calendar, you know, where people would be when. Yeah. If you'd know and then you kind of make the effort on your own accord to go and just you know just have a look and see what's going on i think slowly say the teachers will be like all right okay that this person actually is interested and you know they start sharing because for me as well like i guess i started going to some of the kids like after school Mm -hmm. activity clubs i I really love football soccer (laughs) oh yes it's it's pronounced differently (laughs) yeah it's soccer yeah for some reason and it's soccer in japan and america or maybe even canada but in in the uk it's still the original way of football so i just i started going and like hanging out with them sometimes chatting about you know what football teams i liked in the uk what players i liked and Mm. i remember one time in the summer holidays the kids were being taken down to osaka for a you know intensive training and the teacher oh. was like, do you want to come with us? I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll come with you. Um, and, yeah, it's just kind of like slowly. That, that's, that's, that's what I yearn for because I want to go on certain trips with the, the students. Like, mm. um, I'm not sure, were you only elementary or high school? Or, like, I did elementary and, did you... and one junior high school. One junior. Yeah, I'm doing one elementary and one junior high. Um, mm-hmm. The junior high, the... Um, third graders which is the ninth graders here in japan um they would go to a trip in hokodate and armory mm. and i wish to go with them but yeah um, i still have classes to teach and you have yeah. to like leave your original you know work and stuff that yeah. it's kind of hard to be involved but but even like things like yeah. the school festival and stuff like that the kids are really happy if you i'm, I'm guessing your school, oh, yeah. has a school, school festival yeah it's coming up i think in in this fall i i remember one of the jt told me um in september we're having the junior high school one so Mm. i told him last year that i want to get kind of get involved so i want to make like a project um i used to be into film like making Mm. films funny sketches so i kind of thought of an idea what if i grab some kids together and we just kind of film this like funny in, like interesting trailer to make a funny nice. movie or something so um, i'm gonna bring that up probably to some teachers and yeah. say see I, what do they think i think yeah. just little things like that also kind of uh help people to realize that they can approach you and ask you and mm. involve you because some i mean fair enough like some some iot's might not want to you know they just want to get on the clock and then off the clock and then that you know they're doing what yeah Maybe they're into snowboarding or something. You know, they want to be on the slopes yeah, every night, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is fine, right? But I think if, if you know, you want to be more involved with more, like, your work-related stuff, then I think just giving them, opening the door a little bit and then yeah. you know, letting them come in is a good way to do it. Yeah, and also, at the same time, we're just not, well, we're brought in as English teachers, but I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're cultural ambassadors, right? Yes, exactly, not just, exactly. Yeah. And I'm trying to um, tell my students more about like the U.S. and other places, how everything is very um, 
diverse and um a lot of the students still don't believe that i am american because <laughs> i still right. look yeah like yeah. i'm trying to use as much english as i can instead of the japanese but sometimes right. using japanese have them understand more and mm. um, but yeah you can't really do much about it the good thing to do is talk about yourself because it's easy to talk about yourself it's easy to talk about the things oh, yeah. that you like and it's easy for the other person to kind of catch that like you know sparkle in your eye when you're talking about something that you really love and then they they kind of get infected and want to hear more and hear more and I think that mm -hmm. actually is a good way for them to then learn about your home country rather than specifically trying to talk about your home country they kind of learn about mm -hmm. you and then through learning about what you like and what you do it's a way to learn about what something mm -hmm. is like you know what some someone might be like who's from America if that makes sense so I used to talk about, okay. I like foot, you know, football, English Premier League. Uh, I like heavy metal, punk music, and stuff Ooh. like that. So, you know, by the end of it, they would know, like, oh, Dipika, like, two or three, these two or three things. And then they start building a picture in their mind of what a British person might be like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know? Okay. And I think oh, that, okay. I never... that's a good way to introduce things. You know, I'd show them, like, clips from Bend It Like Beckham, you know, as Indian, because mm. like, obviously I have indian heritage but british so i'm like you i'm not oh, a yeah, yeah. british person either but then you know they would watch that and be like all right okay so it's kind of like this and or i would play i don't know okay. one guy in my class was really disruptive one time and he just kept banging on the table and doing that so i came in next yeah. day and I, I brought him the the entire lyrics and the cd i think and gave it to oh. him and like a couple of weeks later, I was walking down the corridor and he just came up, running up to me and I was like, buddy, you're a boy, make a big <laughs> I was like, wow, you, you literally taught yourself the whole song in English. Brilliant. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I think I might use that because, um, what is it? I, I started a lunchtime, oh, after lunch, a Kiowa with some of the junior nice. high uh, students. And they came in last time, I think there was like 12 or 10 students. And they're majority boys, but I'm trying to have caught their attention. And I probably mm. might start doing something like that, um, which they're very interested in. They, some of them do like sports, too. So hopefully yeah. I can emerge something with their interest in there. So but I think they would want yeah. to know about you. So don't be shy to talk about yourself. You know, what? whatever uh, it is that you're into, it doesn't matter. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the hard part because for for a person um for me i think personally i i just don't like talking about myself like um <laughs> just trying to like not i think i grew up with the mentality of try not to mm -hmm. talk about yourself too much to others or you became but now just, you're in a job you know, where you where you literally need yeah. to do that so guess i would maybe push a little bit went little by little but sometimes just difficult saying something that i i kind of like um sometimes yeah. so uh, unless if the students ask me then i would tell them so yeah, yeah. Or it could just even be something simple like like right now i'm really into ramen or something like that you know and then do you know what i mean it doesn't have to be like oh i've always wanted okay. to be in punk band i did in like did my intro to all the students in the beginning how i learned i like certain things certain hobbies so i think some of them did remember and they would point out some stuff to me here and there so i appreciate those moments where the students just take the time to talk yeah. about certain things so, i yeah. mean now in my my current job i kind of do this the other way so i have british school kids who come to us at the uh -oh. japanese embassy and i i do a presentation about japan for them and most of them mm. well all of them actually have never been to japan because they're only like 
11, 12, 13 years old or whatever, you know, unless their parents yeah. are taking them on a, a fantastic Far East Asia trip, you know, they haven't. Yeah. They don't know what it's like. So I do a kind of half an hour presentation of what, what it might be like if you went to Japan, let's say, to do a homestay. You know, what would it be like in a Japanese house? Show them photos of tatami mm. mats and, and, you know, the bathroom, which has the bath inside the shower <laughs> and, the you know, the, the crazy toilets with all the buttons or whatever. But, like, you know, it's, it's oh, really yeah. interesting doing this kind of, like, mm. you know, talk the other way around. And then I always end it with my favorite thing about Japan is Matsuri, you know, which is festival and show them like Mikoshi and, you know, people dressed up in happy coats and everything like that. Because I think that for, for kids, especially if you're really like, if you're really interested in, in what you're talking about, they can tell, you know, they're not going to, if you're just kind of going through the motions and being like, here's Japan, it's twice the size of the UK, there's double the population. Like, you know, you're going through those facts and stuff like that. It's not personal at all. And I feel like by the end mm. of it, they're just going to switch off and, and they might pick up one or two things that they find interesting. But if you okay. approach it from the kind of point of view of the things that you love about it, you're interested about it, they, they kind of catch your passion, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sense. Okay. Yeah. I do, I, I never I do really... a Yosakoi dance workshop with them as well. And at the beginning, oh, you should okay. see them. Like, they're like, oh, God, I'm, do I have to do dance? Like, I really don't want to do this. <laughs> but then I give them the Naruko. And then I think I'm just like smiling so much. And you know, I love the music. And I'm like, come on, like, sorry. You know, and by the end of it, they're all okay. laughing. They're all screaming, like, oh, can we do it again? Like, no, you've got to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So I, I never really thought about it that way so mm. uh, thank you for that I, I think i'll probably start using that pretty soon with my students yeah yeah thank you and well speaking of all that experience up you know with uh, the great times but also like with inside of work what did you guys do specifically around that time was it i i hope i think it would still be the same thing as now where a lot of the jtes are not really using alts into their lessons um mm. that's currently how i feel like sometimes um yeah. because we will still be kind of like this voice recorder thing and just stand on the other side of the room so mm. um, i'm not sure what was your case like with like english teaching well, or inside the classroom i had three elementary schools and one junior high school so i went to the junior high school twice a week and i went to one of the elementary schools on one of each of one of the other days if that makes sense mm. so every day in an elementary school i'd have like three or four classes um and in the junior high school i think i had like three i don't really remember now but the elementary <sighs> school it was all years so it was from first grade to mm. sixth grade and then basically like their homeroom teacher would give me the kind of lesson plan I'm, i wonder if probably you guys still use that kind of thing nowadays like what the topic is and what the get activity is or whatever uh. And they used to fax it to me. I think like, oh. I used to have my desk at the Board of Education and I'd get that fax through either the day before or in the morning. I'm like, all right, okay, we're doing this today. But once I got into the groove of the elementary school lessons, unless the teacher really wanted to be involved in it, I would just run the class by myself by the end of it. Usually at the oh. same kind of like vocabulary, simple kind of game, um, you know, like just kind of like more having fun. But oh, then nice. um, the junior high school, I guess, because they use the textbooks, I, I assume they still use them now. Um, so like yeah. you said, it would be more like I'm standing in the class and the Japanese teacher's there and explaining what we're doing and then ask me to do the pronunciation and then get them to copy. And generally, a lot of the time, that was just basically what it was. I tried to, like, if, you know, 
with with the teachers that I had a good rapport with, maybe we would chat a bit more and they might have more ideas about what they wanted mm. to do. But unfortunately, you have to stick to the curriculum most of the time. So there wasn't really much scope. Yeah, to... it's kind of difficult because they stick to the curriculum and they just, to me, they sound like robots. And mm. I wish um, some of the teachers could inverse and make it more fun. But then again, they the, J- Japan has their own ways of doing things. Yeah, and they, those they kids stick have got to pass their, 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 pass their exams, you know? So, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, they... that's right. Yeah, that's that's something different as well. But I also noticed the difference between like first, second, and third years as well. So obviously, the third years like they're just under a lot of pressure to like get through everything. Yeah, everything. yeah. So I would make time like to kind of just be a bit more friendly with them, especially more Japanese. I could kind of speak as well. They, mm, well I was only yeah. twenty one when I went, and you know they were like fifteen, so there they wasn't a massive, massive age gap, you know. So I would just kind of be a bit more supportive with them, maybe sit at the back of the class if the teacher wasn't asking me to do anything. I mean, they're just kind of like bad, naughty kids. <laughs> but yeah, I would go and support them with other things they were doing too. The second years, I feel like they feel like they, they don't have, to, they're in that in-between thing where they're not the first years anymore, but they're not serious yeah. third years yet, right? Like the middle child, correct? <laughs> yeah, so they were the ones yeah. that like just did not want to study. And I hated teaching second second year junior high school because i was like they, these kids they just, they just don't care they're just messing around they've got a bit of attitude but the first grade kids especially after i taught them already at elementary school when they came up to junior high school yeah. i think they kind of felt like a little bit like happy to see me there because they were like petrified yeah. you know the minute they come up they're like oh my god we're a big school now like there's so much work to do and we have to be serious now and um i found like those were the kids that were actually really tried hard so yeah i kind of tailored my behavior <laughs> you can you can see the evolution of all your students right when they yeah. were very like you can say hyper and in, in uh, elementary until they came over to junior high which is more serious and they had to take english a little bit more serious that's what i see now with my students um so mm. it's very interesting how they kind of grew up and they had to grow up fast so mm. um i feel bad for them so i but i wish and you know um there's an easy way for them but i, I think they um you know do their best and i try to you know support them as much as i can but sometimes you you know the school doesn't the school or the the boe sometimes doesn't tell us much about what does the kids do or the students do in their you know activities right so Mm -hmm. that's where it's kind of hard to kind of sometimes connect with them because you're Um, only really seeing them during the lesson time so it's not really like you have a massive chance to catch you know catch up with them that's kind of why I started poking my head in like the club activities. You know, I was like, oh, I've never heard of kendo before. I've never seen it. And they're oh, do you want to come along one day? And the teacher would put the gear on me and have them whack me. <laughs> like, but, you know, it's just, it's just a way to start slowly seeing them. And my it was manageable for me because in junior high school, I only had three classes in one year, in each year. You know, obviously, if you have like nine or ten classes, if you're in a huge school, it's much harder to do something like that. Yeah. But all my elementary schools, only one class in each year. And then some of them had two, but not many. And then, yeah, junior high school was only three in one year. So yeah, it's yeah, manageable, you know, right. to kind of get to know most of the mm-hmm. kids. It is manageable. I think it depends, too, sometimes if they're comfortable with the foreigner there. Because I remember <laughs> speaking to another Jet where she wants to come to some of the... um events or some of the club activities right but some of the teachers oh um 
not this yeah. week, next week. So they yeah, always okay. excuse her not to come because yeah. I guess they don't want to be accountable for anything. But that's where it's kind of hard for some Jets to be involved, right? Because they, and that's also down to, um, I guess, the individual really teachers. Yeah, their yeah, yeah, and yeah. maybe their previous experience with other people. So I, I never really went regularly, you know, every day. Oh, okay. It would just, yeah. I would just be like, oh, what's going on today? You know, oh, maybe can I drop in and see this class? I mean, yeah, sure. I, yeah. I wasn't too pushy with it, I guess. I just, you know. Mm. Did, did you have any, um, like, desk warming time? Or... Oh, yeah, a lot. A uh, lot. Yeah. 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 And what did you a think lot. of those times? Because I have them now and mm. I wish. Um, there's desk warming time. I would study Japanese, but then again, I would love to go and pop into different subjects of classes. But also, I wish, like, during that time, I could do more things that could be more productive. But Right. It's difficult to be more productive because unless you're in a position where you you know you're being managed by someone above you and I feel like really at the end of the day if they're not giving you the work to do how do you know what work you're supposed to do right so like that's one thing where I feel like you shouldn't really beat up yourself too much in that respect and maybe just try to look at it as kind of like a blessing in disguise kind of way because you've got time to then kind of well, look around, feel around, or like even like look into things that you might be interested mm-hmm. in yourself. Yeah. There's so much stimulation just online, if you can get online. That's right. I mean, I guess uh-huh. nowadays you can, or, you know, you probably do but have Yeah, a- now, because due to the COVID, they had to implement uh, iPads for students, and you know, they're mm. finally implementing certain tech, kind of like technology into courses. So, but then again, um, there, there restriction for the students, right? But then again, for the staff, we can use. But it you can be in the, really. you can be in the staff room, or in if you have to go to the yeah, 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 yeah come on, like yeah, because you know, I didn't really have access that much to internet either, so it was oh. quite difficult. It, it was a different time, so I think it's understandable. <laughs> um, I, actually, let me tell you, um, the BOE inside of the uh, the Yakuba, um or the in the city hall right we're going through some kind of construction right now but even before that the internet wasn't great so i always tell my supervisor i'd rather be at school for the students but it is of course for the students but i yeah. love to also use it to freely use the internet so i can you know search up what um i need to do next or, or do you know yeah. lesson planning so, yeah. like um, you actually towards the end of my time on jet i also most of the time stopped going to the BOE. I think I was required to go there once a week, maybe in an afternoon or something, whereas before I'd been going there every day. Um, And then, yeah, so I basically based myself at the junior high school if I didn't have anywhere else that I needed to be. And then that's probably when I got talking to more of the teachers and Mm -hmm. getting to know the kids a bit more i guess yeah i think that's that's what's happening here too as well um i think last semester or last year um we were at the boe once a week this year we're having half days so half days at the junior uh junior high school or elementary then we'll come to the boe and have oh, meetings with supervisors but now yeah. i think a lot of places are being more modernized like bigger cities like for some yeah. friends in uh, Chitose or in Sapporo, some of the BOE are allowing them to have office days at their home or working from home. You have the pros and cons. The other thing for me at the beginning when I used to go to the BOE a lot, I mean, I couldn't speak Japanese. My supervisor couldn't speak English at all. So <laughs> very, very difficult to communicate. So I really needed yeah. actually just to survive to study Japanese in those days when mm-hmm. I was there. And I was literally l- looking up how to 
asked the questions that I needed to ask, you know, about things that I didn't know, like yeah. my life living arrangements or whatever. But eventually when we started to, you know, be able to communicate a bit better, I mean, I realized that those supervisors in the BOE, they have so much work. You're just like one tiny bit of their work, if that, you know, and probably nine times out of 10, they didn't yeah. want to be the supervisor for the ALT, but they just got lumped with it, right? And you understand yeah. how people who work in local government are like, they get moved around different departments every few yeah, years. So, so they're, they're not even like a specialist of education, learning or anything. So really, like once I started understanding that, I would just be like, look, have you got anything that you want me to help you out with? You know, And I think my supervisor really appreciate appreciate that in the days because he would be like, you know, okay, dip, like it, this is really boring, but would you mind just going on copying? I need like a hundred copies of this and then I need them folded and stuffed into these envelopes, you know, but it's like the summer holidays. I have nothing to do either. So of course I'm like, you know what? I'll do it. It's fine. And just little things like that. When I realized that, you know, mm -hmm. I could help in other ways. Um, town hall was arranging like, we used to have a marathon every year where they would run up the mountain and down again and king for you know volunteers on the day and i'm like you know yeah, sure okay I'll, sunday i'll come and volunteer i'll be involved so part of the team stand at the top of a mountain hand out bananas to people <laughs> or something. but then I, I you know i had that kind of like relationship then with the boe well you know the town hall as well because mm. I, I was there too not so much towards the end because I think things changed up a bit, but at the beginning certainly, yeah, get involved in town yeah. events as well as school events, if that makes sense. So be be more inversive with the town. And I think one of the reasons why this podcast happened is because you know some of the frustrations. Um, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people don't see the other side, but you know, th again, there's always a pro and a con to certain stories mm. and experience. So yeah, and I can only um, speak yeah. for the the BOE side, but yeah, looking here. back on it, I I actually like. I really appreciate appreciated that because that was another way that I got to learn. I got to know people in the community. I, I'm extremely appreciative of my BOE because we have two staff who speaks English right. fluently, nice. and other um, staff in the BOE also kind of speak a little bit of English. We're to the point where I can also understand, and I am really appreciative of them just trying to, you know, talk to me um, sometimes in English, and um, it's very, you know, welcoming. So. Um, for their hard work you know they don't have to but yeah so i'm very i'm very blessed even though sometimes <clears throat> as an american I, I complain a little bit too much but yeah, it's just the american side of me so yeah and what about like culture shock did you have any kind of culture shock? massive like, massive massive oh okay can you, can you talk about one of them i yeah so you know you arrive in the summer and yeah literally you know the first day you're like right okay so you come to the office tomorrow 8.30 or whatever, quarter past yeah. eight. So I'm there. And, you know, it's just throat. no one's really, like, talking to me. My supervisor doesn't speak English. Probably just explains a few things. And he's like, right, okay, so I'm going to – it's summer holidays now, so there's, you know, there's no teaching going on, so you just come here every day. And, yeah. um, you know, first day, literally just sat there. It got to 4.30, and you just looked at her and said, you can go home now. I'm like – Okay, but I go home. Like, what do I do? You know, I don't. I don't where's the? Sh I don't know anything. Like, what am I supposed oh, to do? Yeah, so, yeah. so I That's had this. Um, they'd explained that, uh, you know, to get around, they'd provided me with the bike, which is like you know, Mama Chari with the yeah. basket on. And um, so all I remember, like, getting on this bike and just thinking, right, okay, what am I going to do? There's no one. I don't know anyone here. I can't speak to anyone. S cycled around, and I live quite close to the sea. Um, 
So mm. about 10 minutes down to the beach, sat there. I was like, oh, this is nice. And then, you know, sunset. And uh, I was just like, right, okay, what do I do now? I just cycled back to my apartment. I think I had a computer and like five DVDs. And basically that was my life for like the first four weeks. <laughs> like I would just, <laughs> just go to work, nothing to do, cycle around a bit sit there watch the sunset have a bit of a cry thinking oh my god what the hell have I done like what am I doing here and then go home watch one of the DVDs that I had and fall I'll be asleep by nine o'clock um but that's why I was saying to you earlier that on Friday you know the minute got to Friday I'd be out I'd I'd go down to Kanazawa meet the other ALTs I wouldn't Uh come back until Sunday this this was at the beginning you know um, before I had my own hobbies and activities and friends and new people But the, yeah, that was a huge, huge culture shock. I didn't expect that people wouldn't speak English at all. I didn't expect that you know I wouldn't be able to read anything in the supermarket or the shops. Um, yeah, very, very naive. I have to say, very naive about going to Japan. I I, I gotta say, me as well, because um, I thought I knew some big aspects of Japan until mm-hmm. I came here on the first day or the second uh, like, oh, or my first day of uh, teaching the kids and I have this big expectation they will understand me but yeah. I got there and they did not understand no. <laughs> what I am saying and what I'm trying to do so in the middle of the lesson I just have to kind of take a step back and move everything kind of slowly but everything went great but then again I'm like oh I thought i know something but uh, the big yeah. culture hit me that there's so much more to learn and that, and even if junior high yeah. school no this was an elementary my mm-hmm. first day i remember was a fourth grade class and it just kind of hit me and i thought they would have like a fourth grade american level or or, or english uh oh, fourth grade level yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah, of english yeah so um it just confused me and then you know also, more of the whole um, public sector thing, where if you oh. they get moved around, that that confused me. And what more confused me was um, the teachers doesn't get any breaks. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure in the K how you guys work with the breaks, but for us, if it's a three or two months and a half uh, summer break, teachers doesn't work. But here in Japan, they have That's a right. month almost close to a month or three weeks and teachers still come into work and I told that to my family or my friends back home they're like what do you do I'm like I don't know maybe they prepare lessons for the next you know class or they have to do I have no idea until this day what do they usually do on the summer breaks but um I have to go in the BOE so yeah yeah, the beginning I had to go to the BOE and then I think I asked them you know can I go down to the school one day just to see because I heard that the teachers were there. And that's okay. mainly like they were doing summer, like we're doing club activities every day in the morning. And then oh, I think okay, they, that's right. Yeah, like every day in the summer holidays, they do whatever club activity they, okay. they're in. And then usually they go, I think they usually leave after lunch and then the teachers just kind of hang around and they're just prepping. Okay. Or I don't even know what they're doing half the time. Okay. I, maybe, all I maybe, really remember yeah. was the... Um, sumo tournament or something was on and my coach or sensei would sit there and switch it on or the baseball or something you know like koshien or something like that but because i love sport i just Mm. got you know you know that that's how i had my rapport with my my head teacher and stuff what's going on here you know i I love sumo right now by the way like obsessed with sumo wrestling at the moment but um yeah like i remember those long long summer days of thinking why does anyone really need to be here yeah 
I'm trying to do more. I'm trying to have uh, some some kind of event during the summer. I'm trying to promote some kind of ikaiwa for the mm. kids so they can come and just have fun and speak to me. Or they don't yeah. have much exposure to foreigners, so I'm trying to invite other foreign ALTs to come. And oh yeah, yeah. Have them ask questions and just kind of like bring you know introduce them to actual like. You know, foreigners who doesn't look like me or like them, so <laughs> they can be more interested. But yeah, um, that's an idea right now. So we'll get that in the works. But also, yeah. um, I like to other ask you other questions because I remember mm. seeing your LinkedIn that you sent me. Um, mm-hmm. you did voice voiceovers or voice acting mm. for a while and for freelancing. And was that in Japan or like was that? Yes, in, that's right. Yeah. So mainly, gosh, I can't even really remember now how I. Got into it originally. I think, especially because I lived in quite a, a rural place, well, Ishikawa Prefecture, Kanazawa City yeah. is rather big, but not compared to Tokyo, right? And mm-hmm. there is, um, you know, quite a lot of demand for things like that. And I think probably someone had just, someone I knew was doing it and said, I'm looking, you know, my company's looking for a female British speaker to record something. And do you know anyone? And then, you know, someone connected me up with it. And I think that was the first opportunity that I got to do it. But I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and surprisingly, I could do it relatively, not easily, but, you know, without without stumbling too much. You know, I could mm. get through in one take or two takes. And obviously they like that because they're charging you. you know, they're being billed for studio time and stuff like that. So if you can get in the studio, sit down, read the whole thing, no mistake, they love you, right? And oh, okay. it's, it's actually quite lucrative if you, you know, get in there, get on the books of a company and you, you get business like that. And I uh, I found that as a supplement to my full-time job, something that I enjoyed doing and something that, you know, paid quite well as well. So um, I had quite a lot uh, of experience. Yeah. I, I think um, I, I would... I... I want to get into that, something like that, but I think I was just afraid of the um, jet contracts because nowadays they right. kind of emphasize You're not that. supposed to work outside. Yeah, of... you're not and supposed to. I, I did this, by the way, not during jet. It was probably after I left jet when I had I oh, okay, for an okay, IT okay. company. And I mean, they would also not really be 100% happy with um, me doing extra work on the side, but it's a bit different from government yeah. work. So. I, I think in general, they kind of don't want you to have any kind of jobs outside of your no. current yeah, career. Cause I they think don't if want... you do something that is kind of like cash in hand thing, it, it's mm-hmm. it's all right. But it's difficult. You shouldn't really have another job on top okay. of the government workers' well, job. Um, but, you know, sometimes you, you're you're uh you know another you're an ALT kind of like an, I feel like a college student in a different country because <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you still have to make ends meet sometimes with the, but know, even through work, I, I did get work through, for example, like Ishikawa Prefecture. Let's say they had a conference mm-hmm. for like biodiversity or something coming up, and they'd made a, a a video for it, but it was all in Japanese, so they needed it to be recorded in English. And maybe oh, okay. their CIR wasn't confident at doing it, and you know they. I mean, it's not it's not for everyone, you know, voiceover yeah. work either. But it, and it, you just happen to be the CIR there and made to do it. But, you know, you're not confident or you don't know how to or you haven't got the right accent or something. Yeah. So I've done I've done work for like local government as well. And obviously that oh, okay. would be under contract, like you know, part of my contract if I had been working for the BO Eastern. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of other things going on that you, know, you might be able to get involved yeah, maybe with. Maybe I'll... 
I'll venture out and see what's out there. Even me. even like nowadays yeah. at the embassy, for example, the recorded phone messages you get on us if you phone up on a Sunday, you know, the embassy of Japan is not open. I, I record those at work now, or yeah. I do MC work and stuff for events. Oh, like. that's amazing. Yeah, maybe maybe one day I'll call the embassy and see if I can... <laughs> on a Sunday. Oh, no, she was right. Yeah, yeah, on a Sunday. Press yeah. one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, for your advice for those who kind of want to come to Japan to do a uh, English work or ALT or whatever, what is some kind of advice do you have them? I really remember one one main thing question that I was asked in my interview when I was applying yeah. for the Jet program. And I thought it was really strange at the time. I didn't understand why I was being... Well, I kind of had an idea, but I didn't really understand the weight of it. And the the person interviewing said to me, um, you know, you're you, when you go to Japan, you're a foreigner, you're going to, you know, you stand out a lot, you're going to look really different. And because of that, people are going to be really interested in you. You know, they're going to ask you all sorts of questions, probably, about your private yeah. life. And, in you know, might you might find that really intrusive. How do you think you'll deal with that? And, you know, the question just kind of came out of nowhere. And I thought, oh, I never really considered this before. But I thought at that in that moment, my answer was, you know, actually, uh, I'd be quite happy if someone was interested in me because I like, I like, you know, sharing what I'm interested in, talking about myself. Well, I, I said something to that effect, right? Like just to give the answer in the interview. Mm. But I never really understood it until I went to Japan and I realized, actually, you are completely, totally 100% different to everyone else here and yeah. especially if you're in a rural place people have never seen anyone like you and you know of course they're going to be curious and a lot of people take it the wrong way and they think that you know they take it oh Japanese people are racist you know being called yeah. a gaijin this that and the other but I really look at it as I mean it's not their fault right because <laughs> like they yeah, just yeah. never had exposure and um, maybe mm -hmm. there are lots of cultural Correct. differences and you know then how are they supposed to understand what life is like in a massively multicultural city like london and you know the nuances of how you should and shouldn't speak to people the type of questions you should and shouldn't answer and i think like the best thing you can do for yourself when you go to japan and especially on the jet program is just not to take offense at anything you know of course like if mm. someone's really stepped across the line um then you need to but in your general daily life, be happy that people are interested in you, if they are interested in you, and asking questions <laughs> and, and just, you know, just be like very genuine in your answers to them. And I feel that's that's the real reason that you're there is to, you know, share this different world with people. Yeah. The only way you're going to share it is by communicating yeah. and being interested yeah. in them too. I think I definitely understand that part now too they they will come mm. up to even like some of the students will see me at the supermarket and they will say hello to me and they would sometimes kind of peek into my basket what i have and, yeah. and uh, it's kind of novel strange yeah you're like but a celebrity <laughs> yeah anyway but then again from for um for the api or for my case sometimes i feel like a ninja i'm just in the shadow sometimes and they can just walk past me but then again those who do see me and i appreciate them stopping by and saying hello you know be wanting to talk to you and chat to you but they they think the language barrier you know they wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to or they just feel like you know one they don't want to be intrusive or they just don't want to bother you but genuinely i think most people were interested and sometimes okay. the, the questions that they had might come out wrong. Like people used to ask me, 
typical why do you dye your hair black to like fit in with <laughs> Japanese people I'm like what do you mean like manga, it doesn't mean that my hair isn't black like naturally <laughs> oh they, they thought it was blonde or, or something yeah kind of, they thought I was like, dying it black. you know it's just uh, it was after like a couple of years it was like I just wanted to ask you like why do you dye your hair black is it to like because you want to be more Japanese my natural hair color. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but this is natural. I say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's where it's uh, again. It's not their fault for being. Sometimes you can say, no. oh, "I'm not sure." If ignorance the right word. Obviously, or, if you feel like uh, someone's yeah. crossing the line, then you've got to speak up. But I think just stand up. Go yeah. into it with just being open mm-hmm. and not taking offense at everything and not taking things mm-hmm. too personally is really, really you get more out of it. Trust me. And um, with that, yeah, thank you so much for your thank time. You. I, I learned so much from you and, really? and the great things that you did. I, I, it did open like I never. Oh, okay, I never thought of looking like that in a different light. So um, it would help me because I'm right now. There's a lot of things I want to try and see if uh, it will work out for me. So yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast and thank you so much for all your great. Um, talks that you talked about. So, I wish I um, could remember more details, but you know, it's been twenty years. Oh, now, so. no worries. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries. If anything always come up, we can always do like another episode. But yeah, sure. Um, any anything else you like to um promote out into the you know to the audience or the people out there in the world? Um, well, I really think you know a lot of people do bash the jet program for various certain things and obviously Mm. it's very different when you're in the jet program and like you said you've got days where you just haven't got anything to do and you're feeling you know either useless or worthless or or feel like you're wasting someone's time and you don't want to be doing that but I think once you look back on it you'll really realize like how much of a a great scheme it is and um Mm -hmm. you know even if you just stay for one year or if you stay for two and I think now you can stay up to five can't you on the jet program you know, even everyone's situation is different, blah, blah, blah. But even every year could be different. You, you know, something that's just you kids teaching English. Try and look at the kind of wider thing as well. So like I said, about BOE, about mm. even just like personal relationships with the different teachers that you might have. Because everything is giving you a good life skill, you know. You yeah. might have one head teacher who's really bad tempered and always shouting at everyone but even just having that experience is you're going to take something away from it you know um so yeah there, there's i think no experience is worthless on the jet program let's put it that oh, way okay so every whatever you have to the table it's better than nothing whatever situation you're put in like whether it's you know you're going to take something away from it or they're going to take something away from it there's nothing that's going to be for nothing in the end if that makes sense so yeah yeah. understandable yeah well whatever the time is coming up uh again um Deepika, again, thank you so much. And I think that's all the time we thank have. Thank you. Yeah, so. and I'm, I'm very happy to connect with anyone. So if anyone finds me on LinkedIn or whatever and you want to okay. send me questions, like, feel free to anytime. Okay. Always happy. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll put in your, your LinkedIn links in the description below. So if they want to reach out, they can probably do from there. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. Okay, awesome. So thank you so much for joining the Kototsu podcast. And we'll catch you guys next time. Catch you later. Bye.